So I've got a few things. I'm going to ask my wife to come and join me. Um, I have my paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to use my paper? Okay. So this is my beautiful wife, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we've got a friend here. I'm sorry, Renee. I'm going to just. I'm going to embarrass you quickly because you always embarrass me, you know, over the years. And stand. That. So why don't you quickly stand? So. Everyone, this is Renee. <laughs> so, so Renee, Renee um, was running our multimedia when we had like a whole TV broadcasting at the other church, and she was heading it up. And I, was, I told she taught me. She taught Chauvet, and then I said, "Look, look where my wife is sitting behind, still behind the computer." So, Renee, we just want to honor you, your faithfulness in the kingdom of God. Yes. And I know she wants to honor you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. Um, do you want to say something? No. Okay. So we get, we, we're going to kick off, before we get into the word, we, this is now Family Lounge. Okay, so for those that are visiting, welcome to the Father's House Lounge. Okay. But we have a few members or new members that we're going to um, welcome this morning. I want to read to you Romans 15 verse 7. It says, therefore, welcome one another. It's so important that you get welcomed in the house of the Lord. It says, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. You know, um, somebody asked me, why do you guys do membership? And really the word membership isn't the correct word. But the Bible speaks about a word called koinonia, which is a devoted community. And, and in the book of Acts, the first church were devoted, the Bible says, they were devoted to the word of God to learn and, and um, sit under the teaching of the word of God. And then they were devoted to one another. So there was actually an intention behind it. They didn't just come together. You know, so membership sounds like a club, and we're not a club. In fact, your, your tithes and your offering is not a subscription fee. Okay, so just, we just want to get rid of that thought, right? You, you, you're part of a, the family of God, which is way bigger than the Father's house. But here we are, a devoted community that are saying we want to devote to one another as we devote unto the Lord. Yesterday, there was a funeral year, and our, our, uh, it was one of our members, um, family members. It wasn't part of the church, but we allowed them to have the funeral, and this place was full. I tell you, when you're in fellowship, that day when you graduate, you know, and you meet the Lord, I would want to think that I would have people come out of fellowship and out of community to come and celebrate my life. We'll That's what devot devoted community is. We'll have a bride. We'll have a bride. <laughs> so, so we call it membership. We're probably going to change the name sometime um, soon, but it's really devoted community. Um, Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So you can have unity here on a Sunday, and you can come and visit us, or we will welcome you every day, every week. But um, when you live together, when you do life together, when, you know, when the braai and the rugby is being watched together <laughs> in unity, that's, it says, how good and how pleasant it is when there's fellowship and when there's um, unity in community. So I'm going to hand this over to my wife. 
and you can call the yeah. names out. Now. He doesn't want to read names. That's why he, <laughs> he called me up here. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. <laughs> uh, these amazing people are joining us. Um, Kyle and Lyndall and their son, Kian. Where are you, Kyle and Lyndall? Yeah. You, you guys can come, come up. Come, yeah, come show your faces. <laughs> Dion and Lorraine Hughes. I know your family is here to celebrate with you. It's nice to see you guys. Yes. I, I saw you walk in. Rieta, your name is alone here, but Christelle, you're going to come with Rieta? Jubilius? It's not me. It's, and Rieta, what is your son's name? Andre. Welcome, Andre. I think Andre's come to celebrate with you. Yes. And Stacy Lee Grobeler. Her husband's her husband um, Rian and her two precious cherubs, Kian and Cohen. Is that right? Cohen. And Chandre Erasmus. Where are you? Yeah, there we go. Oh gosh, it's very full, there's lots of faces. Um, Cindy Clutie and son Alonzo, where are they? Yay! And there you are. And Thelma Fan... Did you, are you correcting me? Do you want to come read? <laughs> <laughs> Thelma Fandenheva. Thelma, is she... You, come on. Just, just because you've got wheels, come and join us. I took, uh, guys, welcome. And um, Tim, are you going to... Because you made me yep. read names. Yes, you've done well with that. Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to stand this side so that you, sorry, you can all see them, but I, I want to I just encourage you this morning, a couple of things, and, I, and I was, last night I was praying for you, and I, I, I wrote this down, and I thought, what is, what is community? What makes community? I want to encourage you to connect with others, particularly other believers in this community, because part of fellowship is um, our discipleship, our growth, how we grow in the Lord, getting to know people. Now, here's a lot of beautiful, lovely people here, and I'm sure they'll want to get to know you, but I encourage you not to be alone. Reach out. That's why we do coffee after church, and today we, I'm an, I'm, we have a special donut to give you, and I'll talk about that later. But, but reach out to, get to, um, to connect with people, get to know them. And then secondly, to serve the Lord in your giving in this community. Now giving, a lot of churches talk about giving and they liken it just to money. But actually giving is more than just money. Giving is who you are. And what the Lord has entrusted in you that you can serve others with. And so we invite you. We invite you to bring your gifts, your talents, maybe even your wisdom. You know, your years and years of wisdom. Share that with, with this community. And then thirdly, I encourage you to grow in the Lord. Grow in the Lord through the teachings, through the worship, and through the fellowship. And so we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask Didi um, to come and join us. Didi can pray. And we're going to bless you. And I'm going to ask the community just to, um, we stretch hands because that's kind of like us saying, whatever Didi prays, Lord, help him. <laughs> no. Um, we agree with, <laughs> you need a mic. Okay, here we go. Get back there. So, could you just stretch your hands to, these, to our family members? Father, thank you that you've enriched us 
in every way by enriching us with these new family members, Father. So, Father, we pray that you would enrich them so they can be a blessing to others. That you would call out their giftings and their callings and may they live well for as long as they're with us, Lord. That you would use each and every one of them and call them to their destiny. And that they would know who they are in Christ. So, Father, we thank you for a day such as this. And that they've been made for a day such as this. So, Father, we say thank you to you. And we bless you, Lord. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So, I I have, I'm going to ask my wife to stay with me. Um, (laughs) You know, one of the things that that the Father's House stands for is family. And you might have picked that up. Um, Once a month, we do a family service. And then I warn you, it goes raucous. Now, if you don't know what raucous mean, speak to Didi. Okay. (laughs) But um, the children are here. They take flags and they worship the Lord. And sometimes I get a knock here for the flag and it's okay. You know, but we, we stand for family. In fact, all over scripture, it speaks about family. My house and I, eh? me and my house. <laughs> so I'm, I've got the privilege this morning because we want to celebrate this together. Um, we have a couple and they've really stolen our hearts. And I want to say thank you, Renee. Uh, I was lying in bed late that night and I got this message on Facebook. And it was Renee. It was Facebook, eh? WhatsApp. I don't know how you remember my number. And she said, listen, I've got my brother and his wife. And they're looking for a church. And they don't live far from your church. And I'm going to send them to you. Please look out for them. And the next day, Greg and Gay were sitting right here with Cecilia. And they were just, I, I, I don't know how I knew it was you. But I looked at you and I thought, this must be the guy. <laughs> so this morning, we're going to celebrate with you. I'm going to call you up. Um, I know you've got family and friends here, but they are celebrating 40 years of marriage. And in, in the world today, I want to salute you. In this generation, in fact, this generation needs to seem good, healthy, long-lasting marriages. Amen. So, um, we're not even like halfway there yet. <laughs> we're like three years away. <laughs> but I, I, I wrote this down. And um, I just want to encourage you. I, the number 40, you know, in, Bible, in biblical numerics, Bible numerics, the number 40 signifies new life, new growth, and transformation. And in fact, even a new task. So, we all know the story of Noah and the ark and 40 days and 40 nights. Then, it's also Jesus who was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came out, the Bible says he was full with the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was able to do that which he was called to do. So, as I was praying for you last night, I thought, man, this is a significant year for you. It's a year of newness. Hey, Greg? And newness in everything you do. And what I love about you is that you do everything together. Yeah. You know, the, when we got married, there was a couple in our church that said, everywhere you go, whether it's in the mall, whether it's, you must be together. If I see you alone, I'm going to phone your wife. 
and I'll ask her, what are you doing? <laughs> but I, I know you guys work together. You built your home together. You built your business together. You, it's such an example. And today we want to declare, with the family being witness, that this is a new season. It's a, new, it's a newness. Um, and so the verse I have for you, because, you know, we always go to what is love. And, you know, but 1 Corinthians 16 verse 14 says, do everything in love. So everything means alles, everything. And that's when I thought of you. When you run that business, how you um, treat one another, how you run your household, how you love your neighbors, do everything in love. So we're going to, we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you again to join us in prayer. We're going to bless you. And in fact, I felt, um, thank you for asking us to do this as a community. Because I felt this is a statement that is a prophetic statement for this church. That marriages here will last. We've got to declare that. Marriage is not easy. It takes hard work. Amen? Marlon, listen. And so let's pray together. And we're just going to commit them to the Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord God, for an example. Lord, it's, it's, it's an example that is so needed in this world today. But I thank you that you've placed Greg and Gay in this community to show us, Father, what good marriage looks like, what long-lasting marriage looks like. Father, so we pray a blessing over them. We pray, Father, that you would bless every aspect of their lives, Lord. Father, that their business, as they've um, stepped in faith, and we've heard the story so many times, Lord, and we are so excited to see how they have obediently listened to your word. And Father, they follow and they still continue to follow you day by day. And so I pray, Father, that you'd give them wisdom. That, Lord, that this verse of 1 Corinthians would be their verse. That everything they do, Father, will be done in love. We pray a protection over their hearts, Lord. Over their words, Father. We pray a protection over their family. And we thank you, Lord, that as we stand to celebrate this, let this be a testimony for each and every marriage that is here today and that is not even present today. That we can, Father, in you, remain true and faithful to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank, you. Thank you. So, um, I spoke about these donuts, right? And um, Greg and Gay, <laughs> I don't know how you guys have done this, but every one year... I feel like Oprah now. You, it's for you, you. Okay. Bertram, maybe just explain quickly. Uh, Bertram, how are we going to do this? It's outside, in the foyer, as you leave. Okay, so I just want to speak to, um, from my heart. Please, just take one. <laughs> if you have a Tupperware... <laughs> Well, like my granny used to have a bag, unzip the bag. Um, there's one donut, I'm pretty sure, for every one of us, with the children as well in, you know, included. Um, thank you, Greg, Gay. And as you eat that donut, just think and bless them in Jesus' name. Okay, I've got one more before we get into the word. Um, actually, two more. Um, can, can I ask you to put up the, the slide? So... I don't know how many of you remember Anthony. Oops. Anthony used to play um, drums in the church, 
In fact, when I joined, um, he was working and he was in and out. But we, we, we re- it's, it's, it's always sad to lose people. But I love the way it's worded there, celebrating the life of Anthony Brian Hibbs. And so, um, not last week, a week, um, I think that just the week before that, we got news that um, Anthony passed, and he passed in his sleep. And I think that is so grace. Um, and so, we just want to pray for the family this morning um, and the friends that have been impacted by this. And maybe this might be um, news to you this morning, and you, I know that... M- Many of our older folks know Anthony for many years. Um, please, if you need to talk to somebody and maybe just get some counsel, come and speak to us. Um, we'll gladly help you with that and give you more information. But Father, we pray that you may be with Anthony's family. Lord, we thank you that you're the God that comforts. And so we ask you, Lord, that you may just be with every single family member and friend that have been impacted by this loss. But we th- also thank you, Father, that absence in the body... He's present with the Lord, and that Anthony knew you, Jesus, and he's with you right now. And so we just, Lord, we, we pray that as we celebrate this life, that we may remember the things, Lord God, that you've done through him um, in this church, but also, Father, in the, his relationships with his family and friends, in Jesus' name. Amen. So lastly, shoo, it's a lot this morning. Bertram and Lucinda, can I call you guys up? I see Bertram there. Where's your wife? Here we go. Can you guys come quickly? And, um, eh? You haven't done? <laughs> yeah. So, everybody knows Lucinda. <laughs> and, I'm sure, and I'm sure you've seen this guy running around at the back and going and doing his thing. But um, as the leadership and the finance team, I speak on behalf of the elders and the finance team, we've been looking to fill um, a role that I think has been Coming for a while, Mr. Boerter, Mr. B, don't hide there, used to be our church administrator, and um, he, was, he was basically running the church when I got here, um, and then Mr. B retired now three, three, four years ago, two years ago, and so we have the privilege of, commu- of uh, announcing that Bertram is officially, now listen to the title, operations manager okay, <laughs> of this church. <laughs> So I don't know, Mr. B, we said, we said you administrator, this guy is my operations manager. <laughs> so um, he, he has come on to staff, uh, most of our staff, in fact, all of them besides me are actually part-time staff, so he is part-time and, um, yes. <laughs> so I just want us to, to pray and bless him, but I also want to say that behind every great man, there is a great woman, and you... And we've been so blessed by Lucinda's ministry, particularly in, in worship and dance. Um, and so, Lucinda, we also want to pray for you because Lucinda's off to Singapore <laughs> in next month. The 29th, of October. the 29th, it's in a few weeks' time. Bertram came to my office and he said, please, please pray for me because he doesn't know what he's going to do for six weeks. His wife is ministering in Singapore. And he asked um, Diddy to take him out for supper every night. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, operations manager, um, I do want to pray for you because um, there's an apostolic anointing on your life. We've, we've, we've said that in this church and God is already opening the doors. 
from Singapore, you are going to Israel. Now, Israel, that trip to Israel is also a mission trip. And, they go, and they're basically going as a team all the way through. This is a worship ministry that she's going to be serving at. And it's, it's actually an international ministry. They have other nations coming to learn in Singapore. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, because she needs to raise funds to go to Israel. If the Lord lays in your heart to sow into this ministry, please speak to her. Um, I think, I know you wouldn't have said it, so I'm saying it. Okay. So let's, let's pray for them, and let's, let's just pray protection over them as they step into what God has called them. Lord, I thank you that you're God of restoration and new beginnings. We declare that, Father. Thank you, Father, that as you give Bertram the wisdom to administrate and lead this church and the office, that, Lord, you may walk in supernatural wisdom beyond his years and gray years. And we thank you, Father, that Lucinda may go with your, with your authority, Father, to the, to the nations of the world. I thank you for that prophetic word that has been spoken and now is coming to pass. And so, Father, let the new season begin. And we pray that you protect them, Father, as a family as she goes and provide for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, guys. So my OCD, am I in the center? <laughs> why don't we, why don't you just pray with me as we come to the word? And I have a word in my heart. Um, Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that your word brings life. Your word sets free. And Father, your word um, guides us and directs us. And so I pray for you. Not just your Logos word, your written word, Father, this morning, but your spoken word, your rhema word to be spoken this morning. Lord, let me just be your vessel. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, how many of you were here last week with Edel Naidu? Phew. Okay. That was quite a word. And if you haven't, if you missed that, I want to encourage you, go to our YouTube channel. I think... Uh, Jason, it's called Shane Cook there by, by Edel. Did you change it? Okay. But I, I looked. Okay, so it's Edel Naidu now. Okay. So go to our YouTube channel. It's, it was such a powerful word. And I think, um, you know, when I was pondering on it and I was praying through it, the Lord highlighted something to me and, in fact, reminded me of, of a word that was spoken when I was studying at the university and I um, recommitted my life to Jesus. And this word that I'm going to bring to you, I've titled it, um, The Fire of Revival and the Light of Reformation. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. This church, we believe that we need to be led by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. And you really can't separate the two. In fact, the two are so united as one because it's the Trinity. It's Jesus in John 1. He is the Word. That became life. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is also God. And so you have the Father, you have the Son, Jesus, the Word, and you have the Spirit of God. And the three are so intertwined that, in fact, the, the analogy that I, I, I love um, from um, Alexander Fenter, in fact, is the analogy of the Trinity dancing together as one. And then the Trinity 
when you come to Jesus, that you are invited into that dance. That you are invited to the dance of the, of, with the Trinity, with the Father, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And so you, you start to dance with them, and wherever you go, the Holy Spirit is in you, and He is speaking to you. Even this morning, when you walked in here, and the worship started going, I'm convinced, I looked at some of you, Every now and then I looked up from the piano and I could see that the Lord was speaking to you. See, the, the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God can never be separated. And so I want to I talk about the fire of revival, which is the Spirit of God in you, and the light of reformation, which is the transforming Word of God. So in this church, we don't speak about just the Word, we speak about the living Word. What is the living word? The living word is you and I applying and living out everything that this Bible says. We live in this. And, and, and I'm going to give you a few scriptures this morning to show you how important it is to live a life that is um, fulfill, fulfill or fulfilling the word of God in your life, but also to know God so intimately that you can hear his voice, the spirit of God that is speaking to every one of us. I have people come and they say, but how do you hear God? How do you, listen, it's very simple. The Bible says the sheep, they know the voice of the shepherd. Sometimes we have too many voices speaking because we watch too many things, okay? And we allow too many opinions instead of just saying, Lord, speak to me through your word. And when, when, you, get, when you get to that place where you're able to Hear the voice of God, you're able to apply everything that the Lord teaches us through his word. And so, I find it fascinating that many Christians who tend to focus on one or the other, it's either all the word, it's just the word. No, no, the spirit of God, listen, is there, but focus on the word. Or others say, no, it's all the spirit of God, it's the spirit of God. In fact, um, the word is there, but don't worry about the word. The spirit of God is speaking when the Lord is saying, it's both. It's his word and it's his spirit. And so, I had a dream. And sorry, church, like I keep dreaming. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I had this dream on Monday morning. Uh, Sunday we had, yeah, I think it's Monday or Tuesday. And I, I, I saw, I was doing a podcast, funny enough, Jason. I don't know, maybe it's just Paolo's fault. We, we're doing podcasts now. But I was, I was, I took a piece of paper and I'm speaking and it's, and, and I knew people were listening on, on the other side through this mic. And then all of a sudden I saw a picture that I wanted to draw and it was, I thought it was the map of America. Now I've never drawn the map of America and that blamed Edel. I think Edel spoke too much about America also. So I tried to draw this picture and every time I'm drawing, it ends up in South Africa. So I'm, I'm, I'm erasing and I'm telling the, the, my host, I don't know who the host was, but I'm telling the host, just give me a second, I'm trying to, I've got a word. But, and then eventually I gave up a third time and stole the map of South Africa. And then I cut it in half, I drew a line in half, and I heard the Lord clearly say, and I knew it was God, saying, there will be a revival that will break out both in the spirit and in the word. And it was like the West and the East, because that's why I thought it was, must be America, you know. But the West and the East, and, 
There will be the word and there will be the spirit. And, and then I said, but then there's going to be a rivalry between the two. And he said, no, there will not be a rivalry because the two are one. And so I woke up with this word. And so this is how this came about. <laughs> there is a need for the church of Jesus to step into the rightful place of the fire of revival and the light of reformation. And, and as we heard last week, if there's anything the enemy is trying to do is to take the word of God, to nullify it in society, to take it out of schools, and he's already got that right with many nations, and to make people believe that this means absolutely nothing. And so I believe that God is going to restore his word back into society. Because it is the very testimony of Jesus that is actually the word of God. It's the testimony of Jesus. It's the life, the death, and the ministry of Jesus that needs to come back into society in order for us to see the fullness of God operating in marriages 40 years and plus. Operating in family units, in children, in, in, in our relationships. And so it is both the Spirit and the Word that brings forth regeneration and reformation. What is regeneration? That you've been made new in Christ. The Bible says the Spirit of God has given you a new life. Your Spirit has been regenerated. Nick Jamshmara. Pentecostalism doesn't want to go. I don't know what's going on. So the Spirit in you. The Spirit of God has made you a new spirit. And, and Paul puts it this way. You are a new creation. You are a new humanity. There's never been another humanity before this. Like you. Adam failed. He failed. Jesus came as a second Adam and he made you the new um, humanity in him. And secondly, reformation. What is reformation? You know, when, when, when somebody does something in society and they get, um, they get trialed, and then they have to go and they have to rehabilitate them. We call it prison. Prison is such a, a negative word. What, what is prison supposed to be? It's supposed to be a reformation process. You're supposed to reform them so that they can come out changed. Right? And then integrate back into society in the proper way of how society is supposed to function. Reformation is to cause someone to relinquish an immoral or criminal or self-destructive lifestyle. In other words, your lifestyle becomes different. I was this and now I'm this because of Jesus. And so it's the, both of these are so critical because the one speaks of your identity, of who you are. You are a new creation in Jesus. You are no longer condemned to sit by sin, condemned to death. You have been set free. And the other one speaks about how you live, your lifestyle. Because of who you are, I can walk differently. I used to be very timid. My wife knows that. Um, and I used to be very ashamed of my culture, my background. 
And then the Lord took me through a, a process of reformation. Transformation is another word. Eh? It, and he, and he, he literally changed me. He changed me. The, the one day I took a guitar. I was asked to sing. And um, I was in front of, of um, San Francisco people, you know, in front of some Americans. And my friend turned to me and said, I want you to sing a song in your own language, in your ethnic language. And I was like, ethnic language? Yeah, there's 11 languages in South Africa. <laughs> I know Afrikaans, right? And uh, I grew up um, with my mom speaking Afrikaans. Uh, my dad was English. And so I, um, I could only think of one song. And the song goes, Never means, never means. I said, never I tell you, it challenged me to sing that song because the memory I had of that song was my dad used to play guitar in a little uh, school classroom in Mitchell's Plain. So we lived in Mitchell's Plain. And um, I was probably, uh, we were there, remember sub A, sub B? (laughs) Sub A. (laughs) For those, um, grade... One, grade two. There we go. And, um, and I, I used to remember sitting in this classroom, watching my dad play, you know, three chords, you know. And, and I, was, I had my little baby guitar, and I would mock, you know, just kind of follow him. And, and the, the people would start dancing. Now you must know, this is my, my memory. We didn't have much at home. We really didn't. And so I would sit there and I would watch how these people were joyfully dancing. And I'd be wondering, but Lord, we don't, we don't have much to be thankful for. Because I likened our condition to our joy. And so for years, it bothered me. I, made, I said to the Lord one day when I went to go study, and I said, I want, I want to have a house. I want to have a car. I want my father to have a car. I want my brother also to have a car. And um, I was studying at that time, and I was doing um, Bible school at night. And they taught us at Bible school what was called Faith Library. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And so I would walk home from UCT at night after Bible school, half past nine, and it would take me an hour and about an hour and a half, a little bit more, to walk down for all the way from Mowbray, you know, UCT, all the way down, because I didn't have money for taxi, right? And it was late, and I would walk all the way down Clipfontein Road, and I would quote the scripture, faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I would say, Lord, I see that car, man. I cannot be walking like this. One night, I was walking, and these guys came up to me, and I knew, I looked at them. Sorry for my, this is how we used to walk. You know? I, I, I saw them, and I knew, this is a robbery right here. I mean, listen, sadly, you know, I'm fair. <laughs> you don't want to be fair on the Cape Flats. And my eyes is a bit straighter as honest. So I'm walking. And I see them, and there's like four or five of them. I'm thinking, this is it, Lord. So I start walking like this. Because <laughs> I, I have to now, I have to 
I have to blend in here, you know. And I'm English on top of that. So I'm like, yes, now I've got to change my... So I'm walking, and I'm saying, you know, and they came up to me and they said, is that way, bro? And I knew they wanted my phone, man. And I looked at them and I, I said, guys, near man. Nah, man. I said, I live in Bridgetown, man. You know, this is cute town. I live in Bridgetown, man. You can't take my phone. You know, I'm bargaining, you know. And um, the one guy recognized me, so that was good. <laughs> and he said, Ach, let the brother through, let the brother deal, man. Let the brother deal. Then you're all saved. And anyway, so I walked past them and I said, Lord, did you just see that? I can't do this. Got home. I went to my room. And then I said, okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I wrote it down. Three cards. One for me, one for my dad, one for my brother. I said, Lord, I see the keys there. In my room. I said, I see the keys hanging there. All three. And I said, um... And the evidence of the things not yet seen, right? I said, and um, I want to see that car within the next month, Lord. Because I'm your child. <laughs> Listen, you think David could write the book of Psalms and be so, you know, bam. Killed him, Lord. <laughs> because why? He knew he was. He knew who God was. He knew he was. And it's not an arrogance it's, an, it's a relationship with the Father. And so anyway, I, I wrote this down and I said, Lord, I'm not going to ask again. Because I know you can do this. So I get a call. And um, not, not too long, probably a couple of days, I get a call from a friend. And he says, listen, man, um, I've, got, I've got my VW Beetle that I want to get rid of. And that's because he used to pick me up. And I knew how the beetle looked, you know. And I'm like, okay, here we go, Lord. Right? I said, okay, what do you what do you want for it? He said, uh, I, I just want two thousand rand. Now, now let me tell you, I'm a student. <laughs> okay, I heard Mr. B's voice there. Yo, I'm a student, Mr. B. I'm not working, you know. I'm I'm studying, yeah, and um. I've got zero, like, behind my name. And 2000 was not a little money back then, you know. So I said to him, okay, i tell you what. I'm going to take it, man. And, um, but you're going to have to just give me some time. And he says, no, I'll keep it for you. I don't remember, honestly. I don't remember how that money came. I have no idea. I can't remember. The money was there. I pulled up with that VW. It had patches. You know, um, when you use bitumen tape, <laughs> because, you know, I met my wife in that car. When the, e when the aircon is actually the dashboard. <laughs> so if you're home and you're hot, how fast must I drive for you to have some aircon, love? I'll drive faster. And the needle of the petrol tank never, ever moved. So it's purely by faith. You know. Why am I saying this? Because I'm telling you, when you know God, when you meet the living God, not, not the God that everybody, you know, oh, I'll tell you a story about uh, Noah and the ark. 
This is a nice story. Let me tell you, it's not just stories, man. These are real, real people with, who encountered a real, real God. And their lives were changed. Today I stand before you. And I can tell you, the Lord has changed me. I'm still in the process of changing in many other things. Because, you know, when you have, when you have children, they challenge you. <laughs> they also start pulling things out of you. And they, the Lord uses all that to shape you. But who I was in 98, 99, and who I am today, it's totally different. And it's, and it's not me. I can tell you now, it's the Lord Jesus. I sat in Mitchell's Plain as a 13-year-old, and I was in a service that my dad, used, my dad was almost like an evangelist. He used to preach everywhere, and we had no choice. We had to put on the suit, you know, and the tie, <laughs> Follow him where he goes and sit quietly in front for years. That's what, that's what we did, my brother and I. And that one morning, these three men walked in and they started prophesying, speaking what God has, was saying to them about others. And so I, I, I sat there and I'm young and I have no idea what's going on. We, we never really experienced prophetic words, prophecy. And I'm looking at these young men. I think they weren't even 20. And they, and, they, and they called me out. And I'll never forget this. Like I'm looking at Lucinda crying now. Because the, the word spoken over her is coming true. I sat there and they said, young man. You know, and they said, the Lord says you will go to nations. And you will experience the, the favor of God to preach the gospel to nations. Listen, as a 13-year-old colored boy on the Cape Flats before 94. How huge it was. I didn't believe it. I don't even think my parents believed it. And I and, and I was so I was so moved by this because what they were doing was calling out identity. When I met my wife, the, it was when when we started dating, it was the first trip I did to Baltimore. And you know how it came about? I wasn't the first choice. Our worship pastor wanted to take one person with him who could play that thing as a, as a musician. And he was going to go and do some training and then lead worship. I could play this thing, you know, the guitar. And so he had someone lined up. Until three, four, Oscar, what, four days before, they're supposed to, two days before they're supposed to leave, he gets word that this lady cannot do it. She can't go for some reason. I don't have a passport. I've never thought of getting one. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, Lord, is it me? And he, and he looks at me and he says, Tim, I want you to go with me. I said, how? How is this going to work? I don't have a passport. Do you know, he made one phone call. It just happens to be someone in the church who was working at Home Affairs. Oh. One phone call. And he said, hey, I've got to take them with me. And the lady said, oh, is that the guy that plays guitar on, on a Sunday? Yes. Okay. Do you know I had my passport? <laughs> it's a Friday. <laughs> I had that passport. I had to pick it up by that Monday morning. There's my passport. Bam. I'm, I'm totally shocked. Okay. <laughs> 
Marlon is looking for somebody that works at home office. <laughs> so, I fast forward quickly from there. And I think just before COVID, I looked at the map. And I realized that I've been on every continent. Say again, besides? Besides Antarctica. There we go. Every other continent. And I, I'm 45 years old in a week's time, by the way. <laughs> and that was 13 years old when that word came. I don't know what the Lord is speaking to you about. I don't know what words were spoken over you. When you were, maybe you were young and you don't even fully comprehend what was said. But something inside of you was stirred. And maybe today you're sitting and you're saying, Lord, can this still happen? I'm here to tell you that through the fire of revival, the spirit of God in you, that God can do that. If you just follow his word and do what is called you. So Second Peter, let's go there quickly, love. Second Peter 1, and I'm going to read from verse 12 to 21. And here's a man, Peter. Do you know Peter? The Lord said to Peter, you're going to deny me. You're going to betray me. It's going to be three times. And Peter said, never. Do you know why? Because Peter was a zealot. Man. You know, the zealots, they carried knives on them. Do you know, they were radical Radical Jews. They were like, Romans must go. Uh, I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> they were wearing the red hats. I believe it, they were the, with the overalls. That was a zealot. They were radical, radical Jews and very politically driven. And so Peter says to the Lord, I'll never do that. I'll never deny you. Never. Jesus is taken. You, you might have heard the story. You might have heard about this. But Jesus was taken when he was captured and he was walking past Peter. And they turned to Peter and they said, weren't you one of them? You. You were one of them. And Peter said, who me? No, no, no. I don't know that guy. And three times Peter did that. And here this, this is written years later. Peter's about to finish his life. And in fact, um, just before, a few verses before what we're going to read, Peter says that he knows he's come to the end of his life. And that Jesus told him that, and, and explained to him how he's going to die. And so he's a changed man and he writes this, he says from verse 12. So I will always remind you of these things. Even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. Verse 13. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of this body. Because I know, here we go. I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. What are these things? He says, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is not a book of cleverly devised stories. Man, if it was that 
if this was the case, then somebody had a lot of time on their hands to come up with all these things. He says, we did not follow cleverly devised stories. But he goes on and says, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. God is calling us not to be hearers of the word, but to be partakers of his kingdom. You need to be an eyewitness of the majesty of Jesus in your life. And I know what an eyewitness is. It's the one that is called up in court and he said, so sir, ma'am, you said you were present when this happened. And the eyewitness under oath says, yes, I was. I was present. Then they say, okay, verify. How do they verify? Tell us the story. If your story matches up with this, whatever story it was, then they know you are a verified, reputable, credible eyewitness. Jesus is calling us to a lifestyle of an eyewitness. Someone who walks with him. Someone that talks with him. Someone that experiences him in, in, in their lives. We are not the spectators coming to church on a Sunday. It was Del, help me here, Feisenfeld Jr. He's a revivalist that wrote this. And he quoted, I'll quote it for you. He said, true revival is that divine moment when God bursts upon the scene and displays his glory. Listen, if the Lord has not yet burst into your scene, I love that word scene because it speaks about, you know, like a story or like a movie. It's like, you know, that moment when Rambo rocks up and they say, no one else can do this. But that guy, and then his muscles are here and he's got this thing on his head, did he? Like, I'm just saying, And then when he shows up, it's like that the whole movie just turns. That's what Jesus did. In my life. That's what Jesus has done in many of your lives. And that's what Jesus wants to do in your life. If you haven't experienced that yet. He shows up. And he shows up out of nowhere. We call it the suddenness of God. He shows up when it's the least expected moment. Man, I just came to church because I'm going to celebrate with my uncle. It's their 40th anniversary. Man, I just came to church because, you know what, it's Christmas, and I'm just going to come because it's the right thing to do. I, somebody forced me to come. I'm, I'm, it's the most unexpected moments that Jesus bursts through and shows up on the scene. For Moses, it was at the burning bush of Mount Sinai while he was hiding in the wilderness from the Egyptians. For Gideon, it was in the wine press while he was hiding from the Midianites. For Jacob, it was at Bethel while he was running from his brother Esau. It's like every time you think you can run, you think you can hide. I was, I was and I'm sharing my testimony because I know there's some people that are here new today, but I was at the university sleeping with a girl. Far from God. And the Lord met me at the Jameson Hall. Where a couple of guys were on the guitar playing horrible chords. 
I was so annoyed because I'm a musician. I walked in there and I'm like, what is going on? And they worshipped the Lord with all their hearts. And I hid behind the pillar looking at the guy playing the guitar thinking, I can play better than that. <laughs> and you know, at that moment, it was, a, it was a young lady that was dancing at the back, worshipping, almost like, listen to what you're doing today. And I looked at her. And my, and my heart just went, because I knew she was loving Jesus. And so I went up to the, the worship guy, and he had, um, he had orange hair, ginger. His name was Richard Kitcher. And he said to me, he said, hey, man, why didn't you just come to our church? We had the Baxter. Just pop in. We just love Jesus, and we... And I looked at him and I said, Richard, I, I, I've been running from this. Because I knew Jesus before that. I've been running. And he said, just come. You know, that morning, that Sunday morning, I'm lying with this other lady. And I wake up. And I just realized, because that was at the towers, you know, at the, city, the, And I realized, oh, I can make it for church. And I turned to her and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go quickly. She said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. It's church. She said, yeah, there is a church here by Baxter Theater. She said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, yeah. I walked in, I tell you, when the Lord encounters you, man, I walked in there. It was like, I'm sorry, I don't know if you've ever been to the Baxter Theater, but you're walking from the back on top. And as I walked in, there was a lady on the worship. Her name is Jenny Archong back then. And I, I walked into this worship. And I just began to weep. And it was like the Lord just said, come home. I don't know where you are. But I tell you that you might be a Moses running. You might be a Gideon hiding. You might be a Jacob running. But God will burst in to your world if you just allow him to. And you know what? He doesn't care, man. He doesn't care what Moses did. He killed. He murdered. He doesn't care what your background is because he's God. And when he meets you, he says, come on, I'm going to call you out who you truly are. And I'm going to call your true identity and I'm going to transform your life so that you can live to the fullness that he intended for you. Revival awakens in our hearts an increased awareness of the presence of God, a new love for God, a new hatred for sin, and a hunger for his word. And that's a quote also by Dale Feisenfeld Jr. But verse 19, can you put verse 19 quickly, love? And I'm going to close with this. Peter goes on and he says, I also have the prophetic message. This is the written word of God as something completely reliable. Listen, what he's saying. He had the encounter. He had the experience of the eyewitnessing of Jesus. But he says, I also have the prophetic message, the word of God. And he says, that is completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will. But prophets, through 
no human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the, by the Holy Spirit. The word of God is inspired by God himself. Timothy says, 2 Timothy 3, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, for correction. That word reformation. It's the word of God that will bring you into your full identity of how you're supposed to live. To reform you back into your original design of how God intended for you to live. And for training in righteousness. That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Man, you cannot do good works in the the way that God has intended you without him. You can try it. You can try and be the the goodest. I was going to say goodest. My wife will speak to me afterwards. You can try and be the best. But I want to use the word good. Most good person. This is my, the most good is thank you, Paolo. All the way from the Portuguese speaking. <laughs> but li- listen to this, listen. And I'm, gonna, I'm about to land. The Bible was not written for our information, but for our transformation. That was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a revivalist. It is the living word of God that transforms lives. And so James puts it this way. James 1 verse 22, it says, do not merely listen to the word. It says, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what what he looked at. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, it says they will be blessed in whatever they do. Peter says, all, all things for godly living is found here. Every answer to the way that you should live is found in this word. And if you follow that, this is what Timothy Simon explained. Is it, James, sorry, when you follow that, everything you do, when you do it according to what God says, you will be blessed. And it's amazing. It sounds so simple. But you know what? This knucklehead, every now and then, I want to do it in my own strength. And I'm like, okay, I know how to do this. Man, I've studied that. I can do this. Man, I've got experience there. I can do this. And then God's like, is it? Okay, go for it, Tim. And then I'll find myself on my knees. <laughs> Okay, Lord, I thought I could do this. I thought I knew better. I'm so sorry. I surrender to you. And then God says, okay, now I'm going to help you. Get up and do that. You might have been asking, and I prayed about this last night. You might have been asking, why are things not working out? Man, I tried everything. I've tried this and I'm doing this. and Why is it not working out? I believe that it's because we got to learn to hear the voice of God through the Spirit of God that's in you. And then you've got to apply the Word of God in the decisions that you make. 
And it sounds simple, and it is, <laughs> if we follow that. And so this morning, I want to ask you, are you perhaps running, hiding? Maybe things happen in your life, I don't know. Maybe it's been tough. Maybe there's been situations you've been facing. Maybe you tried this thing, you know, it was just, come on, just try it out. Try out Christianity. You tried it, and you're like, this is not working for me. But have you encountered the living God? Have you met the living Jesus Christ? Not the one that's hanging on the cross, that every time when I was at school, we would lift up and we'd go through the rosary, you know, and then, and I would, I would wonder, like, is Jesus still hanging on the cross? He's living. And he is willing to meet you where you're at. In fact, he's willing to burst into your scene in your life. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me. And um, there was something, tonight we've got Bible school, and I was, I was listening to a friend of mine, so I miss him, um, and he said something profound. Uh, Dan McCullum, he said, he said, you know, the living word of God, or let's put it this way, the written word, the Bible, will introduce you to your surname, your family. It will tell you who you are, who you're part of, um, your, uh, this amazing family of God, kingdom of God. But the prophetic word, which is the rhema word, will tell you your first name. Your identity, your unique identity in the family. And some of you, you believe the word, but you've not yet received that prophetic word of who you are. Maybe you heard it, but you haven't really stepped into it. Others, you've heard the, I know who I am, but you still need to know who this family is. And how, you've, how, how does this family operate? How do you fit into this? And then maybe this morning you're here and you don't even know either. But I don't want you to leave this morning without having the opportunity to make that choice. To get to know Jesus, the living Jesus. And the Spirit of God that I believe wants to dwell in you. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to just ask everyone to just for a moment to close your eyes. And if you're here this morning and you haven't yet decided to follow Jesus, or maybe you had, you had made a choice but you've been drifting far, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Just put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. It will help me to know who I'm praying for. And just say, Tim, that's me. Let me say, I see that hand back. I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I see that hand. I'm going to pray for you where you are. Because it's really not about this altar. It's about Jesus meeting you. So, I'm going to just keep, I see that hand, sir. Lord bless you. Because you're making a choice to say, I want to meet the Jesus that is real. I want to meet this living God. And encounter him. 
and make him Lord of my life. So I'm going to give one more. I see that hand at the back. I see that hand on that side. And I see that hand. And so I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask church. I'm going to ask us to pray with me. And I'm going to, again, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Because it's between you and Jesus. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I bring you my life. And I surrender it to you. Lord, all my successes and all of my failures. And I make you the Lord of my life. I ask you to forgive me of all the sin that I've done. And I ask you to live inside of me. To guide me and to lead me. In every area of my life. I choose you this day Lord. As my Lord and Savior. In Jesus name. You know it sounds. Like a very simple prayer. But it's such a significant prayer. Because it is the prayer. That you say in order to get into the kingdom of God. And to say I am going to live. And allow the Lord to transform me into his likeness. And so if you want to come and talk to us about the decision you've made, please come. Um, We'd like to guide you, maybe give you some resources, but also just pray for you. But I want to just end of service off by saying, if you feel like you've been running, maybe you're with the Lord, but you, you feel like you're in the wilderness, you've been running. I one day sat with a friend of mine when I was very far from him. And he said to me, Tim, God is just like one prayer away. Don't, don't walk away from here and think God is far. It's, it's not him, it's far. And so I want to pray over all of us that when you leave, that you will continue to encounter Jesus and never feel that you're all alone and far from him. And I thank you, Father, that, Lord, we may walk in the fullness of who you are and the fullness of who we are. That, Father, we may walk with you daily, that we may hear your voice, Lord. I thank you that you silence every other voice that is not from you. That, Lord, we will be so certain of who we are and of who you are and how your voice sounds. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.